2015, an elite DFS Army Commando unit formed to bring high-level DFS strategy to the masses. Today, hated by DFS sharks and lineup sellers alike, they continue their quest to turn Joe into DFS Pro. Tacos Fast 40, the podcast about daily fantasy NASCAR, going through the entire 40-person field, or I guess in this case it's a 37-person field, at Auto Club Speedway, and just going over the race and giving my thoughts on each driver real quickly. Now uh, this year we're going to you know try to focus more on the, the fast part of the Fast 40, just run down the field, giving my quick thoughts on everybody in the field. After just a, a quick synopsis of what to expect in the race, I'm uh, going to be able to do these for a lot of the races that have qualifying pretty much set in place. Um, it's not going to be as helpful, of course, when you have the uh, the pre-race impounds and stuff that are going to swap up the qualifying order uh, right before the race and kind of change everything. But uh, this week we've got everything locked in place. I do miss the Friday qualifyings. Uh, it made it a lot easier, but uh, we're still here on a Saturday night. Just got done with the Xfinity race. Looking forward to the Cup race tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m., I do believe. Either 3 or 4 Eastern time. Uh, at Auto Club Speedway, also known as Fontana, uh, in, in Fontana, California. As we're uh, in the middle of our West Coast swing that started right after Daytona this year with the uh, the change in the schedule, uh, this was always the fifth race of the season until this year when uh, they changed it up a little bit. Uh, so this will be the third race of the year now, and we're going to see uh, Homestead no longer be the championship race. We're going to see that early in the season, actually. We'll uh, be going to Phoenix next week, and you know that is going to be the host of the championship race this year. So I think a lot of people have that on their mind for next week. But uh, looking to Fontana right now, before I... Dive into the track here. Gotta let you know that DFSArmy.com uh, is the sponsor of the of the podcast, obviously. I run all the NASCAR uh, projections and the research station over there. Of course, you can uh, check us out at DFSArmy.com and use promo code TACO on sign up to get you a lifetime 20% off. Uh, get access to the research station that I'll be referencing throughout this pod. Uh, it's got everything you need from... Uh, practice times, lap lap averages, uh, projections, uh, my custom speed ranks, uh, track history, uh, different stats uh, based on a few different splits. Yeah, this week we're looking at, of course, uh, there's the auto club stats. Uh, but we'll also be looking at uh, just how they did at the large and flat tracks over the last year, Pocono, Indy, etc. And then the correlated track stats, which are the tracks that uh, correlate the highest uh, historically with Auto Club, just something else to look at too, and then many other stats. Uh, we've got you know listings of all the historical results and fantasy points um, dating back to 2013. Uh, the averages by start tab, which I think is a great way to start your research every single every single week. Um, lots of good stuff going on. Some lap by lap data. Uh, you can get all, access to all those goodies and the lineup optimizer. 
at dfsarmy.com. And remember, promo code TACO, support the pod, and uh, I'll get you a lifetime 20% off. So um, I'm going to start at that average by start tab. Uh, you can look at it either with DraftKings or FanDuel. And this will give you a good sign of, uh, or it'll really show you uh, how the people that start in different parts of the field uh, generally fare and, you know, how uh, how good drivers are, how many uh, fantasy points drivers score uh, based on things like their season-long average uh, driver rating or just generally how good of a, a driver they are. You can see how the studs do uh, based on where they start, the mid-tier guys and the scrubs. Uh, it kind of separates it like that. And this week, the uh, the tale here is uh, the top five starting positions. They average 41.8 fantasy points. Um, none of the other uh, sections of five, as far as starting positions go, average over uh, 29 fantasy points. So, you know, the front of the field, the really, really good drivers, they're going to do really good here. Um, the guys averaging between, like, you know, above 90 uh, fantasy or above 90 driver rating on average. Uh, those are going to be the ones doing most of the scoring. You know, they they hit 40 fantasy points at least over 60% of the time. And for, you know, guys worse than that, we see a significant, significant drop-off. Um, if you average over 100 driver rating on the season, so we're talking the best of the best drivers, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, etc., uh, they hit 60 fantasy points 44% of the time. Uh, if you're under that mark, you're going to hit it about uh, 7% at best. Uh, so... You know, here we do see the the best of the best drivers uh, just doing a little better than than usual, and um, you can also go to the tracks section. Just breaking down the difference between all uh, the different tracks here. Look at Auto Club; it ranks second in average uh, laps finished. Um, not very many cautions here. Ninety six percent of the scheduled laps are completed by drivers. Uh, the track is wide, wide open, very big. Uh, so. You know, even though there might be some crazy restarts that get out to like five wide uh, almost instantly, there's so much room uh, to operate with. You know, you see a lot of people completing their laps. And there's not a lot of uh, devastating carnage because even when there is a wreck, there's tons of real estate to work with getting around. They're not going to be packed up like super tight like at some other tracks. So, um, you know, look at how the, the pole sitter does here. Uh, it's kind of on the the lower side. They average 46 laps led and 24 fast laps. Uh, so it's not quite like, uh, you know, it, it's kind of similar to Vegas last week, but it's not like some tracks like, like Richmond or uh, Charlotte where the guys starting up in the very front just have a huge advantage on everyone. Uh, here it's more about just being a, a really, really good driver. And we kind of see that with some of these other really large ovals uh, like Michigan, etc. It's kind of all about horsepower since... You know, they have the long straightaways and stuff. Uh, it's not as much about driver skill uh, as it would be at, like, a shorter track, something like a Martinsville. Uh, so, you know, this is a track we only go to once a year, so there's a little bit less data to work off of than a track we go to twice a year. And, of course, it's always one of the first tracks that we go to in the season, so teams are still generally uh, trying to figure their stuff out. Usually comes right after, uh, you know, Phoenix and then... Uh, the two one-and-a-half-mile tracks before that in uh, Atlanta and Las Vegas. That's usually uh, where they're at here, but uh, this is the first large oval we see this season, but the only real race that we have to go off of is Las Vegas. Uh, so it's going to be important to look at how guys did last week in Las Vegas, and um, the main thing we saw was the, sh uh, the Hendrick Chevys were very, very good. 
Um, they look exceptionally fast. Almost all the fast laps went to them. Uh, Chase Elliott especially had a killer car uh, until the end when he took himself out. And that's not something that we've seen here historically. Um, you know, looking at the last two races, uh, last year especially with the uh, the package change to what they'll be using this season, uh, we saw, of course, Kyle Busch and JGR. They've historically been the best at this track. Uh, they've got a lot of wins here. And, you know, Kyle Busch pretty much single-handedly holding off uh, Team Penske that was running like 2 3 4 right behind him for a good portion of the race. You know, Logano and Keselowski, they both did end up uh, leading chunks of laps themselves, but Kyle Busch just had the best car and he was able to uh, race off to a win there at the end. And even though the, uh, you know, towards the end of the race, I think about 120 laps in in this uh, t- a 200 mile or 200 lap race. Uh, we saw those J- uh, we saw those JGR Toyotas, three of them, uh, Hamlin, and I believe it was Truex and Kyle Busch. They all got pit penalties, got sent to the back of the line. Uh, but it doesn't matter as much here because they're going to have plenty of room to race right back up there. And pretty much the best cars are the ones that are going to be doing well. Usually the guys that have really good practice times. Uh, that ends up translating right into the race, but we have an interesting situation this week where um, the practice times are all done in like 80 plus degree weather, and we've got some rain in the forecast tomorrow. Yes, uh, another rainy race as we've had so far in every single weekend of NASCAR action up to this point, but um, we should see temperatures about 50 to 60 degrees uh, at at race time, so the practice times... Uh, usually that means that the practice times you kind of want to throw them out, but I still think they're very important uh, here. And, you know, guys that tend to unload fast tend to stay fast. And we're going to want to look at the longer run speeds as well, because that's going to be important here. There's a lot of tire fall off, um, very little grip, very bumpy track surface. Uh, so, you know, whether or not uh, you're going to fade the practice times or not. I don't I don't really know. I think I'm still leaning towards looking at them pretty heavily, especially the long run speeds. I know that you know practice times tend to create a lot of chalk and DraftKings ownership. That has been um, how things have trended recently. You saw last week with Eric Almirola being uh, really chalky, even though he had a pretty bad race. People just flocked to those practice times. And, you know, that's what I would be doing here normally, but I'm, I might take them with a bit of a grain of salt this week just because of the huge dispar- disparities in temperatures. And uh, honestly, when the track temps got the most similar to what they'd be during the race and like the latest part of practice two, uh, a lot of guys were just in qualifying trim. Um, so, you know, that's not going to be totally accurate, I guess, but um, the long run speeds, I think those will will probably hold up, and there are some interesting guys that I'm going to be looking at based on that. Uh, so running through the field here, we're going to do this in DraftKings order, uh, just by salary. Easiest way to go about it. Um, you know, For FanDuel, we're going you know, have a pretty similar strategy. Uh, there are some huge place differential plays this week, and you know, even though it's uh, it's you, you get half of the points for place differential over there, it's still going to be important. A lot of these guys, you know, they're mostly JGR Toyotas. Um, and, you know, those guys tend to finish just so well here that, you know, they're still going to be very, very good plays to make over there on FanDuel. I think just the main difference there is um, you're going to kind of attack the ownership a little bit differently. We've got 
uh, ownership projections out on the research station and domination station. Uh, you can check that out later, but there really won't be a, a need to punt as much at uh, this track, uh, at least on FanDuel, as you would on DraftKings. Uh, but you really, really don't want to use the scrubs here. Uh, that is definitely something uh, that I've noted, you know. Um, uh, guys starting uh, 30th or back, uh, they, they score really, really poorly on FanDuel uh, compared to other tracks. Uh, they do fairly decently here in DraftKings, especially, you know, if things do get mixed up or there's some pit strategy going on. We kind of saw that in the Xfinity race. Uh, but um, other than that, you know... I'm still really, like, the bottom bottom part of the scrubs, you're going to want to skip most of them this week. Uh, but we'll get to that as we go down the field. But we're start, we're going to start off with Kevin Harvick. I think he's going to go very, very low-owned this week at $11,600. Uh, the reason being is these JGR Toyotas, they're very, very expensive, and uh, people are definitely going to want to pay up and play them. Uh, you got Truex starting 38th. He failed, qualify, or he failed uh, tech before qualifying. And so, you know, his time out there didn't count. He gets to start last in 38th. Um, Going to be super chalk, obviously, but he's $10,400. You got Harvick, who's $11,600. Uh, just an ever-so-slight favorite to win over Kyle Busch. Uh, they're about even now, actually, at about 6-1. to one. Uh, Kyle Busch starting back in 17th, so that's some good place differential for him, too. I just think Harvick is going to get lost in the fray here. Uh, if you look at our speed ranks, though, from last year, and... You know, that's based on, uh, you know, different um, uh, different lap speeds uh, from the lap-by-lap -lap data. Uh, you've got, like, the fast laps. It's just where guys rank in that. So if someone, you know, like Kevin Harvick, he a he averaged a 2.7 ranking in fast laps. So he had, you know, almost the third fastest lap on average at large and flat tracks last year. Just in general, you know, that number would be 5.7, but... Uh, did look really good on the large and flat tracks last year. Uh, had, you know, ranked third in the uh, 10 lap average, which of course is number one in this field right in front of Kyle Busch. Um, yeah, the 30 lap average though drops down to 6.2. There are several guys underneath him that are better at that. So, uh, just like we saw last week, a lot of Kevin Harvick's speed is front loaded. So he's going to be faster earlier in runs. At least that was, uh, the case for him last year and, you know, Based on what we saw last week, uh, we kind of expect that to go on. So that could, you know, it could be a huge benefit for him if there's a crash right towards the end, like there usually is at this track, and uh, he could end up putting up a good finish there. But as far as long run speeds go, uh, it's going to be better to look in the direction of JGR and Team Penske, uh, maybe even the Hendrick cars as well. Uh, we'll we'll get to them. So starting fifth, Harvick. Honestly, he's going to be more of just a con contrarian sort of play. He finished runner-up here in 2015 and 2016. Other than that, it's not really been all that great for him. He averages 25 lead laps, 20 fast laps here, uh, which is okay. Um, a 99 average driver rating here. It's 11% worse than his average driver rating. Um, you know, it's not really the best track for Stuart Haas racing. Uh, they were a bit trimmed out in practice, and they actually got the pull with Clint Boyer. Uh, but that's something we see uh, Stuart Haas do a lot, but I don't really expect them to... Uh, be major players in this race, and you just have to pony up big time for Harvick. Uh, I'd like him a little better on draft or on uh, Fanduel, I guess. But honestly, I think his ownership might get so low, um, he could just be worth a shot. You know, if he gets the lead out there, I think he'll be fine. 
a couple of years ago. He's trying to win his fourth race in a row here. Uh, yeah, knocked out by Kyle Larson uh, in the beginning of the race, so we don't really know uh, what he could have done there, but he finished fourth here last year. Uh, so just a good contrarian GPP play. Kyle Busch, $11,300. He's starting back in 17th. Uh, if it wasn't for Truex, he would be the chalk up here, I'm sure, uh, because, you know, he's three-time winner here since 2013. I think he's won here five times overall. His driver rating of 123 is 10 better than anyone else at this track. Um, you know, he do, he averages, uh, you know, 14% better of a driver rating here than at other tracks. And he also does pretty darn good at this uh, track surface, averaging about uh, 58 lead laps. And we see the similar number uh, at Auto Club itself, averaging 55 lead laps, uh, 24 more lead laps than anyone else here. You know, just the probably definitely the best of, in, of anyone this entire field at this track coming off of a you know pretty lackluster performance at las vegas last week the jjr toyotas kind of always suck there uh, so I don't, I don't know if that'll really affect ownership too much i know a lot of people will be looking to last week and it was pretty apparent that the the hendrick chevy's really good and the jjr toyota struggled but um not terribly worried about it the practice times were not that great 24th and first practice and 10th in second practice but um you know, obviously, it knows how to get around this track. You got a lot of options as far as how you drive, but um, you know, should see him move his way up the field, get some fast laps, uh, potentially lead part of this race. You know, he definitely knows how to win here, that's for sure. Um, so he still makes for a pretty solid play, has decent enough play, uh, place differential, and I don't know why he's not the most expensive over Harvick. Those two really should be switched. Uh, Joey Logano at $10,900. Uh, he you know, took a step up, honestly, last year at uh, the Intermediate Ovals. And here he's, uh, he has four straight top five finishes coming in. Uh, only averages nine lead laps at Auto Club, 11 fast laps. And, you know, Dominator points is something that we see him struggle with uh, historically. Uh, but he's been really solid. You know, last week looked great um, at other kinds of tracks like, uh, like Michigan. You know, the horsepower tracks, you saw him do really good last year. Um, sometimes he'd just be really fast. Um, he didn't make a 20-lap run, but he had the fastest 15-lap run and second-fastest 10-lap run in uh, second practice. So, you know, he could be someone that goes out there. The thing with him is he likes to just run in second and not get any dominator points, but still be, like, one of the best cars on the track. Um, you know, really good on restarts and kind of on uh, long runs, too, at this track surface last year. Uh, I would like Ligano. He's just way too expensive. $500 more expensive than Truex who obviously is going to eat into his ownership a ton. Um, he's kind of a similar play to Harvick this week for me, where uh, just the presence of guys like Truex and Kyle Busch are going to make him really low-owned, but it's hard to get there because you're going to want to play Kyle Busch. You're going to want to play Truex. You just really are. And so if you're going to be like shoving and playing like 80 or 100% Truex, it's going to be almost impossible to get you some Logano in there because you can't afford everybody, especially with the scrubs being pretty much unplayable. Uh, but if you want to make a stand on him, I mean, his his practice times were really, really good in the second practice. And he's just looked pretty good recently, at least at the ovals. Um, and not many people be on him. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. at $10,400, starting 38th. Not a lot of uh, analysis really needed here, honestly. He's starting last. He's Truex. He averages 30 lead laps here, 17 fast laps. Um, so it's really just a game theory play, honestly. 
Uh, you can either shove. You know, the field's probably going to own about, I mean, depending on what tournament you're in, he's going to be 50 to 70% owned in cash games and in the Survivor they're starting this week. Uh, is definitely going to be about, you know, 80, 90% in those, you know, in some double ups, he'll be a hundred percent. So, I mean, in cash, it's obvious, uh, you can probably make a good amount of money by fading him this week and hoping that something happens to him. But I don't know if that's necessarily the best strategy, uh, winner in 2018, um, honestly, just make a decision for yourself, what you're going to do with him. If you want to play it safe, just play a ton of him. Uh, if you don't want him to matter, just play him like 60% and try and match the field. Or if you want to and if you got the balls and don't mind burning your money, you can try to go underweight on him or even fading him if you're a crazy person. Uh, Brad Keselowski at $10,000. He has a really good history here. Uh, his recent finishes are third, fourth, second, ninth, and winner in 2015. Um, you know, we see this a lot with Team Penske where, you know, Logano's good at a track and Keselowski's good at the track. And uh, that means that Blaney's going to be pretty decent at the track, too. And we've seen him do really good. Uh, over the last few years, also always coming in the top ten here. Of course, him and Logano, you know, they were the fast cars last year. Uh, just stuck behind Kyle Busch for the most part. You saw Keselowski um, not lead quite as many laps as Logano did last year, but overall he averages more lead laps, just ever so slightly. Starting fifteenth, that's solid. Honestly, he's gonna uh, a top five finish from him, which is very likely uh, is going to be, you know. Pretty solid as far as uh, scoring goes, as long as he can get some fast laps with it. Uh, just a solid play, very similar to Lugano, but much cheaper, $900 cheaper. So, um, And starting a little bit farther back, so just a much safer version of the Lugano play. Uh, Chase Elliott, $9,800. Struggled here a little bit historically, but he had the fastest car last week, especially in long runs. He was blazing fast. Uh, struggled at this track type, does 11% worse at large and flat tracks than, than average. Um, and again, you know, hasn't finished, uh, he has finished this year 11th, 16th, 10th, and 6th. Not all that great. Only one uh, lead lap on average, six fast laps. So uh, definitely a downer track for him. But uh, with the brand new Chevy uh, body that's come out this year, uh, they have looked a lot faster. Uh, you've got Bowman, who looks like the best car on the track, leading every single practice split. Uh, and that's his teammate right there. You got Johnson starting on the outside, uh, you know, so his teammates looking really solid and last week they couldn't have looked any better at Las Vegas. So, um, definitely a case to be made for chase, even though he is 26 and 17th in practices, I think he's gonna, you know, do a solid job of feeling out the card. He'll sneak up there in the top 10, kind of like how, how he always does. He just has to not crash himself out. Um, you know, it's hard to say he'll be low owned because you know Elliot, just like his dad, is was very very popular, and you know the DFS community does like him a good amount. And everyone saw that he had the fastest car last week, had over forty fast laps. If he can have any performance like that this week, he'd crush value at low ownership. You know, comparative to guys like uh, Truex and that. So, um, you know, just kind of a play I'm on the fence about here. Uh, another Chevy here, Kyle Larson, very good at this track. Runner-up in 2014, uh, had some kerfuffles in 2016-2015, but winner in 2017. Uh, he was the one that wrecked out Harvick in 2018, still ended up finishing runner-up. 12th last year at the package change, but he uh, got some damage from Recky Stenhouse there early on the race, so you know got to cut him a little slack there. 
he is someone who's likely to get into trouble oftentimes, but this is, you know, really low DNF track, not too worried about that. He was second fastest in the first practice. And, uh, you know, eighth in the second practice looks solid enough, I guess. Um, you know, you can choose any lane you want to drive out here. Uh, we saw Briscoe in the Xfinity race have a lot of success running the outside. And that's something we've seen from guys historically. Like, that's how Larson's done really well here in the past. And uh, can definitely do that again this week. You, it's a wide open track. You can pretty much do whatever you want. And, you know, one of the turns you really do want to ride the outside on that one. So that's always a... Uh, that's always something that makes Larson look pretty good here. He's priced up just high enough that he's not going to have real ownership, I think. Uh, so he'll make for a good play in GPP. Uh, and you've got, right after him, Ryan Blaney at $9,400. Looked great in the second practice. Uh, fastest lap. Or the second fastest lap behind only Bowman, who uh, crushed everything. Uh, top four in all the lap averages, 5, 10, 15, 20. Uh, so just a really solid second practice for him. Looked like one of the five best cars out there for sure. Uh, top 10 here the last three years. Wrecked in his uh, first year in 2016. Uh, so not a bad history here. Again, was part of the uh, the Penske's really pushing last or last year when he had made the switch over to the 12 car. Um, so I think he's going to be a really solid. Starting 16th, uh, he, if Keselowski is a cheaper version of the Lugano play, then... Blaine is a cheaper version of the Keselowski play. I do like him a lot at that price. I think he's going to be solid for uh, GPP, and you you can consider him in cash. But I think uh, I think cash, you're definitely going to play just the JGR Toyotas and move along. I don't think there's much of another strategy besides that. But uh, GPP really like Ryan Blaney this week, and he has got a killer paint scheme. His uh, body armor, purple and yellow tribute to Kobe Bryant, looks fantastic. It's going to be beautiful out there on the racetrack. Uh, Denny Hamlin at $9,200, starting 28th. Uh, Going to be a super chalky play as well as Truex. He's the cheaper version of Truex, starting 28th. Of course, Truex starts back in 38th, so he's going to be super chalk, but Hamlin's going to be right there at a cheap price tag of $9,200. Um, ranks like 5th in this field, or 6th in this field, in 30-lap average at large and flat tracks. That's something I do like to see right there. Um, some top 10 finishes here recently, but uh, hasn't been knocking on the door quite as much as, uh, you know, his teammates Truex and Kyle, or Kyle Busch. Uh, of course, he was the one pushing Kyle Busch to the victory here last year, helping uh, fight the good fight against those Penske Fords. Uh, but, you know, starting 28th, again, not really a lot of analysis needed here. He's pretty much just going to come in the top 10, score about 50 to 60 maybe 65 fantasy points and just be a really solid value. You play him in cash, uh, GPP, you're probably still playing him. Um, just going to come in with some lower ownership compared to Truex, who's just like obviously the best play. Uh, 9,000, you've got Jimmy Johnson in his final race at uh, Fontana, where he got his first win. He's from California. Uh, big, important race for him. Uh, starting you know, on the pole, right? He, he came so close to the pole here. would have been very poetic, but... Uh, Boyer just edged him out. I think they're all a little trimmed out there. Uh, it did not seem nearly as fast as his teammate Bowman in practice. He was 21st in final practice. Uh, at 15 lap averages, he was only 13th. 10 lap averages, 17th. So wasn't blowing the world out or anything. Um, did have the fourth best five lap average in practice one, but he didn't take a longer run and run than that. Um, you know, if this was last year or the year before that, I would just easily fade this guy. But these Chevys do look solid, and he actually has a chance uh, to dominate a little bit early, honestly. 
he really does. So, um, I'd play just a little bit of him, but I'm definitely more interested in the guy I'm about to talk about here at $8,800, Alex Bowman. Um, first in every single practice split, in practice one and practice two, uh, unloaded super fast. So he's got a he's got a rocket. He st- he came 21st here last year. Again, this is a track that the Hendrick Chevys had not had success at since you know Jimmy Johnson was like elite. Um, but of course, with the new Chevy body, we're gonna see how that changes. It seems like he's gonna be very fast. I like him as an early dominator option. Um, and honestly, it's going to be hard for the field to play too much of him, you know. He might get to like 20% ownership, but uh, usually if someone has these kind of elite practice times, uh, he's going to get super popular. But with people having to pay up for Hamlin and Truex and all the nice place differential plays and Elliott, Blaney, uh, Keselowski, Kyle Busch, you know, it's not, it's not a given that he's going to be chalky. He might kind of go overlooked a little. Uh, maybe people will think about the difference. Uh, between you know the the track temps then and now, and that is something that could come into play. You know, especially if the rain causes delays and it just becomes sort of a mess. You know, he's not been good at this track historically, really. But um, nonetheless, you know, still just a very very fast car, and we've seen cars that unload fast here just do really well in the race. I just wish he would have taken a uh, run longer than ten laps here. Uh, so really like him. I. You know, especially on FanDuel, where he's like 10K, I don't think he'll be very popular, but I do believe he can dominate a good portion of this race. We saw his car come into its own uh, late last week, and he ended up with a good finish after being kind of pedestrian for most of the race. Uh, Kurt Busch starting fourth, you know, looked really solid in the practice times, again with his Chevy. Uh, his teammate Kyle Larson's had a lot of success here. Um, he had he's had plenty of top five finishes here. Just recently, it's been a, kind of a rough stretch for him, but he did finish six here last year after making the switch to CGR. Uh, so he could be a really really underrated play. Like his ownership's gonna be very very low. Uh, so you know, just a sneaky contrarian play. But that's it. I I really don't see him dominating anything really. I, it's gonna be hard for him to actually put up like an elite score. But uh, there he's just has the chance of being like a an offhanded dominator here. Uh, William Byron at $8,400, starting 21st. Uh, this is going to be the obvious Chevy that people will go to, um, you know, with his teammates looking so much better than him. But uh, his 5 and 10 lap averages in the second practice were 5th and 6th best on the board, 6th uh, best average speed. Uh, so you're not really someone you're worried about too much. Uh, averaged a 9.7 finish at the large and flat tracks last year. Uh, that's really good. It's a lot better than some of the guys higher up than him, like uh, like Chase Elliott or Larson or Blaney. Uh, so it could be a very, very popular play, even though this mid-range won't be very popular. So I don't think it gets too out of control. might be under 30% even. Uh, but, you know, pretty safe play just based on where he's starting. Uh, an extremely unpopular player will be Eric Almarola, $8,300. Uh, he was chalky last week and let everybody down with just a... A real mad performance after looking super hot in practice. Um, it's not really the case this week. Just looks kind of pedestrian. He's fifty to one, starting sixth. No one's gonna play this guy. He's the most contrarian of contrarian plays. But uh, last year he had his best finish here of ninth, and that's. I mean, his ceiling is just not really there. Um, so makes for a pretty obvious fade for for good reason. For two hundred dollars cheaper, at eight thousand one hundred dollars, you could just grab Eric Jones starting twenty ninth right next to Hamlin. 
Um, that that seems like a really smart play here. Uh, finishes with 12th, 7th, or 19th. Um, you know, if he has a finish in the top 15, pretty much he's going to be solid and enough value. Um, just a way better play than the guys in this range here. Uh, Clint Boyer starting on the pole at $7,900. Very cheap price for him, but... Um, you know, outside of a third-place finish here in 2017, he has never really finished in the top 10 here, at least it's been a very long time. Uh, 31st in the 10-lap averages in second practice, so I'm thinking that he just had his car trimmed out and uh, just not looking like a very good play at all. Going to be almost an entire fade for me. I don't even think he leads uh, to begin this race. I mean, he could. He absolutely could. He actually did pretty decently at the large and flat tracks last year at the 7th-place average finish. Um, but, you know, a lot of DNFs too. He crashed out of half of those races last year. Um, I don't know. I just really, really don't like Boyer on the pole here. And I won't be playing much of him at all. Maybe a few lineups, but, you know, this is not a very good pole sitter here. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at $7,700. <clears throat> like I said, end up crashing out everyone last year. Still finished 14th. Um, finished fifth year in 2016, but other than that, no good finishes. In the new, uh, JTG Doherty car, uh, the 47 that Almendinger and Priest, uh, drove last year. I do believe Priest had a pretty good finish. Now, he finished 23rd here last year in that car. It's not, it's not great, just kind of an average finish there, but, uh, Stenhouse obviously looks a lot better this year, at least so far from what we've seen, but starting 10th, uh, not a very appealing play, kind of whatsoever there. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto starting 12th. Now, of course, he's in the, the Paul Menard car from last year, racing for the Wood Brothers. So, you know, for last year, his best finish was 29th here. Finished 18th last year in his uh, Levine family racing ride. But this year will be a little bit different of a story. But starting 12th, just kind of a similar play to Stenhouse where, you know, I would be more interested in him if it wasn't such a bad track type for him and, he wasn't starting up so high. He did have good practice times, honestly, but uh, just starting a little high. I think he's going to be overlooked for most people, um, and it's really hard to make too much of a case for him. Austin Dillon at $7,400. Now, this is a really strong play, starting 25th. Uh, last three years, he's finished 10th, 10th, and 11th. Very good at getting top 15 finishes. Um, you know, just uh, just a really solid place differential play. No way he stays 25th. That's not really going to happen. He's going to move in the top 15 and kind of finish between 10th and 15th. It's about what you can expect from him. Uh, so he should break 40 fantasy points pretty easily and just be a solid value play at $7,400. Uh, Chris Busher at 7200 I liked him going into this week, but then he qualified 11th. So there goes that. Best finish here was last year when he finished 16th. Uh, but... He's probably going backwards. He's looked really good so far this year. He's in Stenhouse's car from previous years, which has not had the most success here, although it looked pretty decent last year with the other Fords. But um, it's 125-1 to 1 right now. Um, starting 11th, just I don't really see any upside for him at all. Uh, Christopher Bell, starting 22nd. You know, nice little play there, you know. Uh, with the Levi family racing Toyota, got the direct connection to... Uh, uh, to JGR, those Toyotas, pretty much the car that uh, Di Benedetto was driving last year and finished 16th in, or uh, finished 18th in at this race. Um, has a race here in Cup. Did all right at this track in Xfinity, but, I mean, he had, like, the best equipment by far there. I uh, pretty much expect him to go from 22nd to, like, I don't know, 15th or so. 
and just be okay, but I definitely prefer Dylan a lot more in this range. And uh, you've got the first of the big three in Bell uh, from Xfinity last year, and you got Custer and Reddick right next to him in salary, so those are good guys to compare him to. Uh, Custer, not excited about him at all, starting 18th in uh, his Stuart Haas Racing uh, 41 Ford that belonged to Suarez last year. Um, you can look at what Suarez did uh, here. Finished uh, 7th in 2017. Um, and 23rd and 2018, but that was in JGR equipment. Last year in Stuart Haas equipment, he finished 13th. Um, that would be a pretty all right finish for Custer, but um, the guy I'm really excited about here uh, to play out of the rookies is, Col- is uh, Tyler Reddick. I think a lot of people know this. He was third fastest in the first practice, uh, 14th in the second practice, but 9th and 8th in the 5 and 10 lap averages. Uh, eighth best average speed in practice. Now the thing with him is, he's sort of like Larson, very good at the tracks that Larson is good at, and you know this is one of the tracks that Larson is good at. Very very talented when it comes to driving the outside. We saw him do that a lot, uh, and did pretty well here in Xfinity. Uh, starting in nineteenth, I do like him better than Bell and Custer. Uh, I would definitely rank them Reddick, Bell, Custer as far as the rookies go for this week. And maybe I'd even throw John Hunter Nemechek like pretty much even with Custer in that regard. Maybe even like him a little bit better starting farther back. But uh, yeah, that's how I feel about the rookies here. Um, definitely excited about uh, Reddick. I think he can uh, have uh, he can he can overperform. And right now Bell's a hundred to one, Custer's one hundred fifty to one, but Reddick's sixty six to one. I, I, Vegas a little tuned to that this week. Uh, so definitely like Reddick there. Ross Chastain at $6,500, driving in Ryan Newman's number six Ford uh, Roush machine. Starting tw- 27th, I think he's going to be a very popular play in this range. Um, almost good for cash. You know, in much, much worse equipment. He finished 28th and 29th here over the last two years. Uh, he's 60 to 1 right now, so even better odds than Reddick. Uh, this is pretty much going to be a smash play in, like, cash and stuff like that. Um, has top 15 potential. Uh, but we're going to have to see here. Um, just a really good play. Daniel Suarez at $6,400. He's 600 to 1. Uh, he's going to, you know, to begin the season, people were playing him a lot. He's starting in the back in the 96 Gaunt car that uh, Parker Kligerman actually had some success in uh, last season when he would drive occasionally. But uh, that has been a dumpster fire so far for Suarez. His car's falling apart, dying on lap two. Uh, so it's going to be a. It's going to be a fade almost for sure. I don't know if people will kind of follow suit and his ownership will tank because it's been high, but uh, it's definitely looking like it's going to tank. Has a 7th and 13 place finishes here, but in much, much, much better equipment. His practice times are 33rd and 31st. Uh, just not feeling it there, Suarez. Bubba Wallace at $6,100. He starts 14th, and that should pretty much be the end of the analysis there. He started starting way too high. Qualified just way too high. Did have the third fastest lap in practice, uh, but you saw the 26th lap, or the 26th and the 29 uh, rankings in his five and ten lap speeds. That uh, it's not really for real. Uh, I really doubt that Bubba even stays relatively close to where he starts. Just not looking like a very good play there. Um, Ty Dillon at five thousand nine hundred dollars, still very very cheap. Um, I've always found him to kind of. Uh, you know, be sort of a slave to track history. If there's a track he's good at, he kind of continues to do well at. And here he's finished 27th over the last two years. Not the most encouraging uh, results for him, but he's so cheap. Starting in 24th, 
you know, I, I, I could see a top 20 out of him maybe, but um, there's just such a lack of options once you go under $6,000 that, I mean, some people will end up playing Ty Dillon. His results so far have been uh, really, really good, uh, probably too good. You know, he's finished 10th last week at Las Vegas, which, uh, it's stunning, right? But um, that was just kind of a weird race with people finishing all over the place, all of those wrecks. I mean, come on, Bubba finished 6th there. That's not going to really translate into this race, I don't think. I mean, I, I would like looking to last week in Las Vegas, but the finishing order just was all messed up, like, big time. He Literally, the reason that Bubba and Ty finished top 10 last week were just because they didn't pit at the end. That was it. They were not going to finish, like, inside the top 15, maybe even the top 20 last week, but... I digress. I, I, Dylan's definitely a better play than Bubba Wallace, in my opinion, that's for sure, but I'm not like terribly excited about either of these guys. Um, you've got John Hunter Nemechek starting in 23rd right in front of Ty Dillon there. Um, you know, first year, uh, hasn't raced here yet. Um, in Xfinity, we don't really know how well he did because he crashed at this track, but um, just enough, I pretty much view him as a very similar play to Ty Dillon here. Expect kind of the same results. Just, uh, eh, you know, 27th and 30th in practice. Not very good, but uh, he's been all right to start the year, finishing 11th at Daytona. 24th last week at Las Vegas, but he was looking really good before all that that mess. But again, just not, I don't know. You, you just play him, you're really just playing him for the lack of options if you really need to go up and pay for you know, if you want to try to be overweight on Harvick, he might be someone you have to look at. But, you know, pretty much once you get past, like, the rookies in the upper 6Ks here, it's just very hard to find plays. So $5,700, he's a shot in the dark you could take, I guess. Uh, Michael McDowell at $5,600, he starts 8th. And that should pretty much end the analysis there. His best finish here is 24th from last year. Um, no, <laughs> don't play him. He's a full fade. It'd be ridiculous to play him. Maybe on FanDuel. Maybe, maybe on FanDuel. But on DraftKings, absolutely no way. Ryan Priest at $5,500. Starting 20th. This is probably the guy I'm going to end up on a lot. Even though I don't really like him starting 20th. He should finish sort of around that spot. He's in the Busher car from last year, which, uh, you know, I, I know he's just moving over from the 47 to 37 on the same team, pretty much. And. Um, you know, mostly the same crew and all that, but honestly, he's just so cheap and he just has the ability to finish kind of where he starts that, I mean, he's just so overwhelmingly better than everyone underneath him. I'm probably just going to end up playing him because he's like the cheapest guy that I can possibly stomach. And that's pretty much the reason for playing Priest here. He finished 23rd last year. I mean, you're just kind of hoping he finishes where he starts, but if, if the most expensive guys end up dominating and you just need them, this is the kind of guy you need to smash into your lineup. And I really, really, really don't like the, the following guys I'm about to talk about here. So uh, just to clean up the rest of this field here, $5,400, you got Corey LaJoy starting 26, which is, which is uh, definitely a bit high for him. But this uh, with LaJoy, it's just like Priest. I like him significantly better than the guys underneath him, but that is not saying much. He's just starting too high. He's not going to really do anything. Would much rather have Priest there. Uh, Timmy Hill at $5,300, starting 37th, but let's be real, he's starting 38th. 
because Truex is going to pass him so ridiculously fast. Uh, he only took five practice laps, and he was five seconds off the pace. So, yeah, he's going to finish in, like, the bottom three or four, pretty much guaranteed, and get you, like, maybe 12 fantasy points. And, yeah, it, it, you're not going to win anything playing Timmy Hill this week. Uh, unlike at uh, Daytona, where it seemed like he was going to break the slate. Um, then Brandon Poole at $5,200, probably the best of all of these scrubs, but starting 32nd, no real upside there. Uh, JJ Yaley starting, starting 30th. That's just awful at 5,100. Uh, at 5,000, Reed Sorensen starting 33rd. Again, just shaking my head here. He's finished 34th here the last three years and, you know, I project him to finish 34th again. Why not? <laughs> and that'll net you exactly nine fantasy points. So if you want exactly nine fantasy points, Reed Sorensen is your guy. Uh, Garrett Smithley, uh, I mean, the best thing he can do is wreck out a leader that you faded. So, I mean, you can count on him for that. But 2001, 36 plays last year in his only start at this track. Not someone you're going to want to depend on at all. And then Joey Gaze at $4,800. Starting 34th, no, just bad. And Quinn Hoff, starting 34th, or starting 35th, my bad. Uh, you might play him just because he's the cheapest of all of these guys, and he's probably the second best of all these super scrubs behind Poole. But still, I mean, I, you know, gun to my head, I guess. If I had to pick anyone Timmy Hill or worse, I would pick Quinn Hoff, but... Um, I do it begrudgingly. I really just want to avoid this range, so um, you know, just kind of focus on the guys above that make a lot of sense, and kind of stick to my guns there. But that'll wrap up the fast forty for this week at Auto Club. Best of luck to you guys. You've been absolutely crushing it so far this year. Been a very profitable year so far. We've won a lot of tournaments. We're gonna to keep that going uh, as we move on through the season. Remember DFSArmy.com. Promo code TACO if you haven't already signed up. Uh, you can join our Slack, ask questions before the race. And uh, try to catch me tomorrow at 12, I think 12.30 Eastern Time. I'll be on the Horn FM, or at least I should be, uh, the Texas Longhorn Sports Radio Station. I can always try to tune in and catch me there with WAGS. And uh, hit me up at TACO DFS on Twitter. And I will see you guys later. Good luck.